You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another edition of Weapons Hot, a New York Jets fan broadcast here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. I am your host. I am CJ the Painkiller Simone. My superstar squadron right over here. In the box just below me right over here, we have Mr. Kevin Spotty Blackman Jackson in the house. And of course, not to be outdone, my XO directly to my right, your left, however you're watching us, if you're watching us upside down or whatever, Jimmy the Reaper Jardine in the house. We got a few things that we're going to talk about. It is going to be fun. So first off, gentlemen. How are we doing? Let's start with Jimmy, and then we'll go to Kevin. Jim, what's going on, man? Not much, man. I'm just uh, living life and doing the thing, getting into arguments and getting banned on Twitter. and (laughs) The huge. (laughs) The huge. (laughs) Spotty, talk to me. What is going on, my brother? You You have been very active on social media as of late. What is going on, my brother? Look, I'm sure we're going to talk about it. Oh, yeah. We, <laughs> right. Listen, we got, sure we got a oh, lot yeah. to talk about tonight, believe it or not. Of course, shout out to Miss Alexis Gepner. We heart you, my dear. One of these, day, one of these days before the Houston Dame, we got to get you on. She is spearheading, along with the HoustonJetFans.com, a massive tailgate that will take place at NRG Stadium in Houston, when the Jets come to town to take on the Houston Texans. Details for that tailgate are right there. Right on the banner that you see at the bottom of your screen, right over here. That is the website that you go to in order to get information about that tailgate. The tailgate's going to be in the blue lot. They're going to have tremendous amounts of food. Jets-inspired cocktails. It is going to be freaking awesome. Let's help. Alexis and Company. Texas barbecue. There you go. Let's help Alexis and Company turn NRG Stadium green and white. Let's turn that into a New York Jets Absolutely. home game, and put that fire out when we stomp the new when we stomp the Houston Texans, and hopefully not the other way around. All right. So again, if you have any questions or any concerns about the tailgate or need additional information, please definitely reach out to Miss Alexis Gepner, and she will hook. You up. All right. So, boys, craziness right now. The New York Jets coming off their bye week. Mike White been named the starter. <clears throat> Kevin, you've been incredibly outspoken about this. All right. Uh, on social media. So, we are definitely going to talk about this. But first things first, the New York Jets take on the Buffalo Good. Bills at home. This is the first meeting between the Jets and the Bills this year. Going to be a very interesting game. Considering that both teams coming off crushing and disheartening losses. The Jets coming off a very tough loss against the Indianapolis Colts in a game in which they attempted a comeback and the comeback came up short. Although people want to pee all over it and say that, you know, it was all their points were garbage time. But I say screw that. This team actually fought to actually make it a game. The Buffalo Bills, however... The number one ranked NFL defense, along with the third ranked NFL offense, getting stymied by the lowly Jacksonville Jaguars in Jacksonville, no less. So you know that the Hill people are going to be angry when they come to MetLife Stadium. Here is going to be a very interesting matchup. You're talking about two very angry football teams that are going to be squaring off, okay? We've got what some people would like to assume that there is a quarterback controversy uh, quarterback controversy brewing between Mike White and Zach Wilson. Kevin, I want you to tee us off because obviously you have some thoughts going into this game. So please let us know what you're thinking. And then we're going to swing on over to Jimmy because I'm very curious about his thoughts. Jeff Stenberg uh, in the chat already is saying that Kevin Jackson, uh, Kevin Jackson is the GOAT. So okay. and Man, also Kevin Jackson, if you really thought Kevin Jackson was the goat, maybe right. he should be in the show more often. All right, that's what I'm talking about. Swing, swing back through, Jeff. We miss you. Um, check it's this out. Look, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to be brief about this, right? Um, because I think most folks have already either heard or seen or talked to me or you know, kind of at their ear bent about this. Um, and 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 realistically, you know, I I guess the whole Mike White, uh, Zach Wilson controversy, whatever. I really don't see it as a controversy. Just what we're talking about is a situation where all of these people are assigning this, oh my God, he's the savior, you know, kind of hype to Mike White. 
Mike White is the backup quarterback for the New York Jets. Let's keep this real, okay? I'm sure there's going to be some folks who disagree. I've, I've actually been talking to a few hundred thousand of them. The reactionary Jets fans seem to think that Mike White is uh, not even the second coming of Joe Willie, but, we're, you know, this guy's this guy's Tim Brody uh, as of right now. So, look. <laughs> Zach, Zach Wilson got hurt. Zach Wilson got hurt, right? Zach Wilson hasn't played great ball every game this season. Mike White came in, had one good game. Let's also be clear that it's not like he was a world beater. Mike White didn't revolutionize the position of quarterback. He played within the system, and the system is the star, right? Um, if if let let's just say this, Mike White could come out and play the exact same game that he played against the Bills, and Elijah Moore and and Michael Carter may not play the same game that they played against Cincinnati and we'll lose the game. Right. Doesn't diminish what it is that Mike White does. It just, it, 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 it literally means that we're kind of losing context when it comes to what it is that we saw in the Cincinnati game. We, we actually saw Mike White play well. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to say he was bad. I'm not going to say he was a superstar. Mike Dyson, he, Mike, Mike played well. He was decent. Um, he actually did what it is that this offense is designed to do. And when I said, just a minute ago that the offense is the star i meant that and me in particular i started the season saying i expected that we were going to put up points in bunches bunches i'm i'm mm -hmm. i'm saying it again because i really do feel like this is the type of of situation that we have the, the, the offense is designed to put up points in bunches and if mike white comes in and puts up points in bunches that's what it's designed to do josh johnson who nobody is talking about is 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 Jesus Christ, or nobody's talking about is is Joe Willie or who the hell ever else. I can't say that he played the exact same game that Mike White played, but he put up similar stats doing different things. And what we are missing is that Zach Wilson is a combination of both of those things when he is able to play the game that we drafted him to play. In his little press conference, he says, yeah, Mike White played, you know, a really good game. What it is that I need to do is to start to, you know, take what it is that the offense gives me like he did. I need to incorporate that into my game. We've already seen him do what Josh Johnson did with, with the downfield stuff. And we also know that he is better. We haven't seen him play the same type of game that Mike White played. He's a more talented quarterback. So the expectation is, is that that after he's watched that Cincinnati game 140 times, like I'm sure he probably has, back and forth, it's just running on loops. <laughs> over and over. If Facts I'm right Beck, that's there. what I'm telling him to do. Well, I'm, I'm just saying, if he comes back and he says, this is what it is that they're giving me, this is what I'm going to do, and still has the ability to, you know, uh, press downfield, what we're going to, we haven't even seen the best of this offense. Mike White played decent ball. Everybody wants to say, yeah, play the hot end. I am of the mind. Every snap that Zach Wilson does not take after he's 100% healthy is a waste. We are hindering sustainable winning. We want this offense to be good every single week, every single game. Zach's the guy. Point blank period, the end. That's a wrap. I'm going to get off my soapbox now because I think everybody's heard me. Everybody's, you know, whatever. If you guys are in the chat right now, holler at us in the chat. If you feel like, if you think I'm, if you think I'm crazy, if you think maybe I should put the vodka down, whatever, tell me that. We'll discuss it. But as of right now, I'm going to take another drink and I'm just going to let you guys know this is Zach's team. And anybody that thinks anything different I'm telling you, you're deluding yourselves. I'm done. I agree that Zach 100% healthy needs to be in the game. The people that are like, run with the hot hand, do you realize the point of this whole thing is to win games? The objective of winning games is to make the playoffs. The objective of making the playoffs is to fight for a championship. The root of all of this is money. The team makes more money the deeper we go. Now, when those fans say run with the hot hand, do you realize at this point, we almost, not quite, but almost have to win out to be considered for playoff spot? I want to win games as much as the next Jets fan. I really do. And I think we have the pieces in place to do that. But realistically, first year head coach, first year offensive coordinator, brand new quarterbacks coach being called up from college. We are in evaluation mode. We have to know who we're going to keep and who we're going to deal in this next offseason. And or you, not deal, right? Or not deal. Or who you, who you want to keep. Absolutely. A quarterback that we have about three years, three seasons to make a $30 million a year plus decision. And we have a backup quarterback who's 27 now, will be 28 next year. Okay. 
who cost us 850k for this season and is a restricted free agent next year. Just from a financial standpoint, what's more important? I I think you want to know what your 35 million dollar rookie contract kid is going to do. How many people were like Sam needs another year, Sam needs another year. He wasn't able to show what we needed in three years we're already halfway through year one we have two and a half seasons left on zach to make that decision that's a issue of whether we extend him after year three or whether we pick up the fifth year option or you know whatever the case may be but i think the bigger the bigger issue is is you have to think about this from a financial standpoint you can't just look at it through a fan's eyes and say mike white's winning games he won us a game we need to stick with him because as I've pointed out a thousand times, the first five games are a completely different offense than we've seen the last two. Even the last two, we'll call it two and a half, the, the Patriots game, where Mike White started to shine there at the end. I think a lot of people see that and they don't understand that. I think that game plan was actually built for Zach Wilson in that New England game, but he got hurt early. So Mike White came in and played the same game plan that was, I believe, tailored for Zach Wilson. So I think people may have not really thought about what my point was. I don't think it was Wilson goes down. We changed the entire offense. That's the way it was. I think it was LaFleur finally saw, hey, what we're looking at isn't working. We need to change it. And then Wilson gets hurt. That's the actual point. Because as I've said, I think we've been in a very vanilla offense that has resembled 2020. Let's just put it that way for the first five games run run pass punt repeat run run pass punt repeat and it wasn't working and i think the if you look at the game plan especially the first 15 plays the first scripted plays of each game i think they had on the passing aspect of it i think they had zach wilson looking from the outside in on his reads from deep to short and then check down and i think lafleur was like you know what let's try the opposite let's try looking at short intermediate check down nothing's there or if you notice something in the process of that intermediate read go deep i think it's a simplified faster read style that we're seeing in in these last couple games the problem is is we haven't seen zach execute that offense because he hasn't been in it and that's what we need to see you have to evaluate what our 35 million dollar quarterback is going to do contextually if i may I've been hearing a lot about the stats and, and you know, everybody saying, oh, yeah, it's the same plays, all that. And I think I mentioned this uh, a week ago. Yeah, they're the same, just not being called in the same situation. We recognize the beginnings of what Zach was doing early was run, run, like you said, run, run, pass, and then punt, right? Mike White is, you know, pass. First seven of the 15 scripted plays are passes. You, you feel me, though? But but the first. And Reverses, the, trickery. The, the first and second downs were passes. In, in, in quite a few of them. And coming back in, not only has he seen what it can be like when that hand is not there, when the eye in the sky is what it is that he needed. That's what I think is going to benefit him more than having Mike LaFleur on the sideline. Yeah, they bring in yeah. they bring in Beck, and Beck is good, and Beck is going to be able to, to you know, kind of repeat or rehash or, or, or parrot some of the things that Mike LaFleur would probably say. And a guy that Zach's familiar with. Exactly, which which is even, even more. And I know a lot's been made about that in particular, but I think a lot of that is more pointing to the coaching staff. When you mentioned statistics, Kevin, I want to point something out that I've been called out on it a couple times in the in the Facebook groups. And I think people are misunderstanding what I'm talking about. So one one of the next gen stats, one of the advanced statistics that I've been pointing out is on target throws. Zach Wilson has dealt with 35% of those on target throws being dropped. Now people go in and they they see what I say and then they run over to spot track and they're like, or pro football reference. And they're like, Zach Wilson, that's, there's not a 35% drop rate. It's five. But what they don't understand is I'm talking about specifically on target throws. It's a smaller sample size. So you get larger percentages, the opposite direction. My point on that whole thing is an on target throw is an algorithm, is a computer algorithm that factors in the direction and speed the receiver is running, the route that he's running, the velocity, so the speed and trajectory of the ball, as well as any sort of impediment within the route. Is there a defender within five feet of where that ball is going to be targeted? 
basically anything that has no legitimate reason to not be caught. So that's a smaller sample size than Zach's 180 or whatever throws that he's done this year. The reason that statistic is so important is the drop aspect of it. Because as I pointed out last week, that 35%, if you take those out, Zach Wilson is completing 71% of his passes. He's got four less interceptions because four of those on-target throws that have been tipped by receivers into the hands of defenders, and three of those on-target throws were dropped on fly routes, would have been touchdowns. So statistically, if you factor out those on-target drops, Zach Wilson at the end of the Atlanta game, so going into our bye week of week six, Zach Wilson is statistically a top seven quarterback in the NFL. And that's with the previous game plan is you now put Zach Wilson in, you have LaFleur saying, hey, we're going to change things up. I want you to start looking short, intermediate, then deep from inside to outside. That is going to be a game changer for Zach Wilson. I know I I kind of went on for for a while. CJ, what do you think? I'm actually going to read these comments really quick from Scott Kalispi, uh, who <laughs> is able to watch oh, man, the I've show but is unable but, up, uh, but is unable to actually interact with the show. But he did private message me a quite lengthy one, so please do not fall asleep through this because apparently he he disagrees with the both of you. I haven't given my take yet, but I'm going to give my take does. after uh, after I, I read Scott's. I have to go back to work, so I'm not going to start. All right, let me start again. I have to go. (laughs) I have to go back to work, so I'm not going to start anything on the show. But I'll tell you, if you compare White and Wilson in college, White had better numbers. Wilson had a great year during a pandemic. If you don't believe me, look it up. Wilson had only one good game as a pro. White has put up numbers Wilson can only think about right now in the one game that he started. And he was doing it against a very good Colts D before he got hurt. Four names. Dak, Russell Wilson, Kurt Warner, and Tom Brady. All of them got a chance because the starter on that team got hurt. Don't you, at the very least, owe it to the organization to see what this kid has got and what he can do. Last time I checked, the best quarterback in the game right now, Rodgers, sat for a few years. And if it comes to that, but what... If we find Scott? that needle in the that needle in the haystack, please reserve your comments till I finish this. this I'm, I'm only halfway through this comment. All right. If oh my he, god! <laughs> if he proves that he can't do it, you could always put Wilson back in. But to bench someone who's put up the numbers he has is just cutting off your nose to spite your face. Why you don't look up how many quarterbacks have had three over 100 QB ratings to start their career? It's not very many. All the Wilson people are just afraid to give White a chance. This was always the year where we found out what we had on the team. Not to find out what we had on the team except the quarterback position. He's got that single statement there. He's got a point. But I digress. Say no, what you will about, about oh, I, I, I he outplayed he, him in he, preseason. He, he kind of hang on. Hang on. Let, let me finish, and I promise you guys will be able to give you a rebuttal. Not to find out what we had on the team except the QB position. Say what you want about, oh, he outplayed him in preseason. Vinny outplayed Chad in every practice, but the coaches still started Chad because they knew he gave them the best chance to win. So, Kevin, you started first. I know you got bullets. Fire off what you want to say. Tee up to Jimmy, and then I want to, uh, and then I want to say my piece on this topic. I kind of really appreciate the fact that everybody feels like they're all intellectual about this, right? And 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 oh yeah, you know we got to see, we got to see, yeah we. Look, Josh Johnson's played better than than you know. Josh Johnson had probably one of the better performances in the entire preseason. And again, I know people will say, oh yeah, you know it was against the, the Eagles, you know third string, whatever. But when we're talking about somebody just operating the offense and running the offense in, in the manner that it was designed to run. And I think he really did a good job in particular. Um, and, and, and he's, he's still in the practice squad as of right now. So look, I'm not going to argue with the fact. And, 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 and realistically, if, if I, if I want to consider myself, uh, you know, being logical about this, I'm not going to argue with the fact that, you know, if, if the guy is playing lights out, that, you know, you kind of got to give him an opportunity. The fact is, Mike White's not playing lights out. Mike White's playing decent football. It's basic. The offense is really 
is what is creating all of these opportunities. What it is that we saw in Cincinnati was we saw the skill position players around Mike White actually playing the best ball that they've played all season. And I'm, I can't say, I cannot say that it was only because Mike White. Because if uh, look, if, if Zach, Zach can check down to Michael Carter, Michael Carter, if, if, if Zach checks down to Michael Carter, Michael Carter doesn't break two tackles and, and run for 16 yards, then what? Then it, is, is he not playing as good as Mike White is? No, that, that's, that's just not the case. We have been so hungry for wins. We have been so hungry for relevance for so long that we're, you know, this is, this is, this is your Steve Buscemi moment. Take this snicker and go sit your ass down somewhere, right? Because that's not what the hell is going on. I knew that was coming. This is not it. And look, I, 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 I would be remiss if I said that if, if Mike White came in against Buffalo and played decent ball, because he's played decent ball, again, he hasn't revolutionized anything. He hasn't done anything outside right. of what, what basic, you know, what, what, what the basic requirements of this offense uh, would, would warrant. Then you know I, I I would I would say, oh yeah, throw everything out the window, and let's run with Mike White. But that's not what it is that we're seeing. We're seeing a we're seeing a guy who's been just a guy, who's been cut off the practice squad. It's what the argument is is going to be made is that oh yeah, that time being able to develop is what what puts him in a situation where he's going to be good. Then what are we doing when we're not giving the opportunity to the guy that we actually drafted to play this role? I, I get it. You like Mike White. I get it. So I do what? too. I love the so kid. What? I, I'm like, look, I'm not, I'm not bashing Mike White because I don't like Mike White. That's not what it is. I just think right. that we're we're being ridiculous if we say, you know what? Eh, let's let let's let the guy we brought in with the expectation that the GM's entire career basically is going to be focused around if this kid pans out or not, and let's sit him on the bench behind a guy who's been just a guy. Because he had one or two possibly good games. No. Five quarters. And, and look, there were there were five quarters of decent football. Josh Johnson, yeah. who who came off the practice squad, actually played just as well. Look, jo, jo, if I'm just going to keep it real, Josh Johnson is what really brought me back back to earth on this. If Josh Johnson would have come in and looked suspect, I would have been all on Mike White. Josh Johnson came out after being on the practice squad with less preparation time and put up similar numbers in a reasonably similar amount of time. Mike White didn't do anything special, neither did Josh Johnson. Zach Wilson is a better is a better physical talent than both of them combined. And Correct. here it is that we are talking about, oh yeah, sit him for the rest of the year. You've lost your damn mind. Kevin, CJ, you want to know what Mike White and Josh Johnson have proved over these last two games? Mm. The they only thing they've the proven is functional. The only thing they've proven is that spending a sixth-round pick to bring Flacco back was a waste of a sixth-round pick. Yeah, that too. Sure, but we can we can say that in hindsight now, right? So, like, at the time, we didn't know what we had. Hindsight, it's a waste. That's what Josh Johnson and Mike White have proven. Yeah. They are backups in this league, plain and simple. I see the talent – okay, now I'm not talking about franchise starting quarterback. I see Tannehill – Derek Carr in Mike White's wheelhouse. None of them are championship caliber quarterbacks. They they could lead a team when needed, but they're not they're not going to wow you every week. They're not going to be the guys you take in fantasy every week. I see Zach Wilson in the Mahomes level. I see Zach Wilson. Now I'm not saying he's there. He's got a lot to work on. Zach Wilson's got to fix a bunch of things. But the ceiling, Patrick Mahomes. Now. Scott Kleesby likes to talk about how Aaron Rodgers sat. Okay, well, guess what, Scott? Aaron Rodgers sat behind Hall of Fame quarterback Brett Favre. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes sat behind Alex Smith. The system is the star. Kevin, if I were to put, if I own a, a race car team and I put you as my driver, I put you in a Ford Pinto. And then a few races later, I buy a Ferrari and I put a different driver in my Ferrari, you shouldn't be held accountable for your performance in a Pinto as compared to a Ferrari. I mean, is that fair? That is fair. This is more bananas and pomegranates, not even the same. The same sport. Nothing, nothing. So 
realistically, and, and, and I know this is probably going to end up being a topic of discussion until Zach actually does come back and start, right? So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm hoping that at some point in time, this is no longer a thing. Zach is the guy. Even Robert Salah, who says, oh, yeah, week to week. They what, have to what, say that. What else is he supposed to say? Oh, yeah, Mike, you know, Mike, Mike's all right, right? Yeah, but no. And this is the last thing I'm going to say on this because I, I've actually put out in uh, in the the New Era group, I actually put this out. The one thing I'll say is we can all agree that Greg Knapp is an elite quarterback evaluator. Rest in yeah, peace, Greg. Yeah. We can agree to that. We can agree that LaFleur was the passing game coordinator in San Francisco. So we can agree that Mike LaFleur, by all accounts, is a top-level quarterback evaluator. So what happened was, is throughout camp and throughout the preseason, which Mike White had almost three times as much game time, game reps, as Zach Wilson in preseason, these three guys... Uh, and Salah being, no, I'm not saying Salah is a quarterback evaluator, but Greg Knapp throughout camp, LaFleur throughout camp and preseason, and ultimately Salah had a consensus that Zach Wilson was the more talented player and got the starting nod for week one. Nobody else can argue against that. We just gave him the job. And I hate the argument Wilson started because he was drafted two overall. That is a Woody Johnson and Chris Johnson combined with a Mike McCagnon move. Joe Douglas, Robert Sala and Mike LaFleur, first and foremost, are not going to put the start of their coaching careers in those positions. They're not going to say Mike White is obviously better than Zach Wilson. No incentive because they had more incentive if Mike White was that much better than Zach Wilson. They have more incentive to let Zach Wilson sit. Exactly. But it didn't happen. I don't think there's a question that Zach is a supreme talent. The record might not show it, but the fact of the matter is is that another two minutes and we'd win that Carolina game if we don't have those drops like we had early. It looks like a 70% completion percentage in that game alone. So. No, the fact of the matter is, is that the narrative seems to be Zach Wilson hasn't played well. And Mike White looks so great in the time that he was in that really it doesn't, it doesn't make any difference. They did the hand down. Oh, my God, Mike White is, is – no. Mike White is a veteran quarterback. We don't draft veterans. I'm going to say it for the thousandth time. We do not draft veterans. We draft veterans. And that's the point. Everybody yeah. – look, b- before this, how many times? CJ, I'm sure. I'm, I, you, you, can, you can attest to this. We've always had difficulty with our, with our organization being able to develop talent. Mm-hmm. We have a situation now where we got a weak talent. I don't even think the coaching staff is the ones doing that. It's the fans and the media. That's, so, guys, what I want to do is I want I want to bring in a, uh, a special guest who is joining us, ladies and gentlemen. Please put your hands together for Mr. Errol Loud Marks in the building. What's up, buddy? From the sports loud mouth, he, ladies and gentlemen, is the straw <laughs> that stirs the drink at the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Errol, how the hell are you, brother? I'm just happy to be here. I, I will say this. I, I've been listening to you guys' show. I love I love you guys' show. I love what you guys had to say about Mike White. And I, I'm a Jet fan, okay? I'm a diehard Jet fan. Any any Jet fan will tell you, well, wow, the Jets found a, like a gem in, you know, a gem in uh, our needle in a haystack. Oh, he's another Tom Brady. Oh, we got Tom Brady, you know, what do they call it, 3.0. That's been said. But here, here's the fact. He had a great first game. He played well against the Bengals. The Bengals' defense in the last two weeks has not looked good. Look what they did against a Browns team, a a lousy Browns team. Let's be honest. Yes, they had Chubb. Honestly, that's why the Jets won that game. They had Carter run the ball very, very well. All-purpose yards. He had 162 yards. The Jets were – they could run the ball against the Bengals. Zach Wilson should sit the bench right now until he gets 100% health. Mike White is Agreed. not the future of this organization. The only benefit of Mike White playing right now is that the Jets can get their sixth round draft pick for him. The Jets will be able to move him because he's an unrestricted, well, he's a restricted free agent. They can franchise him and then they could trade him in the offseason if he has a good, you know, three, four games. Somebody like Pittsburgh or Minnesota, if they, they decide to part ways with Kirk Cousins because they're going to bring in a new coach. There'll be other teams that will be interested in Mike White because he could be the future of their organization, but not the future of the Jets organization because Robert Sala and Joe Douglas stamped their names and their careers trading Sam Donald for a second and a fourth. So there's no way in hell Mike White is the future of this organization. And for Jet fans to sit here and put tattoos on their ass, it's ridiculous. It really is. It, he could be a great quarterback, but he's not going to be the Jets quarterback in the future. And he's not as athletic as Zach Wilson. He isn't. 
Zach Wilson was a first-round second pick. He is expected to be an elite quarterback. Now, the Jets have gotten a lot of quarterbacks in the last couple of years that they were expecting them to be elite that weren't. I mean, Sam Donald, they were right about. I feel bad for Sam. He lost Christian McCaffrey early because he can't stay healthy. He looked, he looked like he was going to play well this year. He was running the ball. He was doing all those things. But once he figured things out by, you know, his old figuring, you know, who he is as a quarterback, he starts throwing interceptions. And, and by the way, Robbie Anderson needs to learn how to shut his mouth. Okay? For real. He is a, yeah. he is a, it was an absolute embarrassment. When, you, when you're going to go on the sideline, dude, you didn't even want to be here. You said you wanted to be here. Then you told Joe Douglas he's going to regret it. No, Joe Douglas doesn't regret it. He, he regrets not getting rid of you before he did. <laughs> and and Robbie Anderson, years. Robbie Anderson didn't even have the courage to stand toe to toe with Sam Darnold and say the things he liked to say them in passing as he was walking by. Look, it, 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 the, the optics of it is a lot different if Robbie's standing and barking in front of Sam Darnold, right? The optics of it is different. So, I mean, realistically, in that's the, fair, the moment, Kev. That's and, fair. And, 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 Jim, you've been on the sideline. You know how it works. Yeah. So I can imagine you want to voice your frustration, especially when Sam is looking as bad as he did, right? I, I retract. I retract. It. I'm, yeah, I'm, you're, you I'm, got a point. But, but, but <laughs> Errol, to Errol's point, not allowed that to boil over. The expectation is that, you know, if, if Robbie's frustrated, especially after the season he had last season with Teddy Bridgewater, I can imagine he's probably feeling it. When what we're talking about is the number two pick and, and the talent that we see in Zach Wilson compared to a, a, a fifth-round pick that we have in Mike White and, and, and being able to play him and maybe – you know, uh, maybe trade him or get some sort of compensation for him. It, it, it is the limitation on Mike White that he has to play within this system because mm. without this system, he's been just a guy, right? Without this particular system, he's been just a guy. He not, not only has he been just a guy, he's been just a guy that's been kicked off of practice squads multiple times. And now yeah, all of a sudden... Most of his passes are check downs. He was Mac Jones. How many yeah. times have we heard that? Hang on a second. Out of, out of, I want to jump the, in out of, here. Out of the multitude of opportunities that he had, he had the one. Mike White versus Zach Wilson. Plain and simple. I've said this on Weapon Top Mission Briefs. I said this last week. I said this the time before that. And I'm going to say it again for the people who didn't listen. Mike White is making a case to be the long-term backup quarterback for the New York Jets. Why? Because he can properly execute this offense. That's number one. Number two, this is Zach Wilson's team until otherwise noted. Plain and simple. Number three, stop comparing Mike White to Tom Brady because he is not Tom Brady. That is a stupid comparison. It makes you look stupid. It makes you look foolish. And just shut your mouth because you obviously know nothing about football. Stop it. You're embarrassing yourself. Mike White right now, and the benefit of Zach Wilson sitting here adding to the knowledge that the kid already has. This was a blessing in disguise for the kid to get hurt right now, as opposed to being benched, which would have been a complete and utter disastrous blow to this kid's psyche. Okay? Let's call it what it is. Mike White's just keeping the seat warm until Zach is 100% ready to play. When he is, he's going to get the nod. And chances are, a betting man, yeah. a betting man's going to tell you Zach Wilson's going to start against Miami next week. Plain and simple. Don't like it? Tough. Too bad. Because you know what? I get it that everybody wants to go with the hot hand. Even I got excited and I was like, okay, well, let, let's go with the hot hand. Zach could learn. Dude, if I'm Zach Wilson, I am up Mike White's ass something fierce. I am looking at tape. I am friggin' talking to him on the sidelines. Uh, like, dude, what did you see on this play? What did you see on that play? When you ran this play, I'm calling that dude at 2 o'clock in the morning while I'm watching. Dude, what did you see at this play? How were you able to make that play? How were you able to spot this check down versus that check down? If I am Zach Wilson, I am milking every single bit of information out of both Mike White and Josh Johnson because I saw these guys execute the offense. And you know what? All he needs, guys, is just that ability to get the short and intermediate routes down pat where he can do it in his sleep. We already know the kid has a cannon for an arm. 50, 60, 70, 80 yards in a heartbeat. But I need him to be Patrick Ewing in the paint. 
I've been saying this for the past couple of weeks. I'm using Patrick Ewing because why? Patrick Ewing could hit the three, but he could go power right into the paint and he could get you those tough points. That's what I want Zach to do. CJ once again is 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 bringing the heat, but he, it, something just dawned on me as I'm listening to you, to you kind of kind of drop knowledge, right? Mike White's role should be more Josh McCown than it is. Thank Tom you. Brady, right? um, Josh McCown. Josh, Josh McCown came in and and basically showed Zach what it was supposed to look like. Mike White came in and basically showed Zach what it's supposed to look like. Josh McCown, who who to be perfectly honest with you, had a pretty decent season. Um, you know, years back. I mean, we, we talk about we we're just talking about Robbie in particular, and he almost gets Robbie a thousand yards in 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 that season right. because of how effective he was. We're not talking about Josh McCown being a world beater. We're not talking about Josh. Josh McCown, McCown a, was a friggin' throwaway, Kevin. Josh McCown. Being he was a, a throwaway. That's it. I, look, exactly, exactly. Now, he was a throwaway. He has the ability to be a step above a throwaway, but his role was to be that sounding board, that guy that can actually help the guy come mm-hmm. into his own. That's what Mike White's role should be right now. We shouldn't be trying to crown Mike White as, as the savior and franchise quarterback. I think that's ridiculous. And, and, and look, I've had this conversation with people I respect, right? People whose takes I respect. I've literally, I'm looking at you guys like, come on, man. Cut it out. That's not what this is. That is not what this is. Mm-hmm. It's the truth. Before I leave, because I, I, I got to go, but I, I will say this. For all the Jet fans that love Mike White, they can tattoo, like I said, they're tattooing their bodies. They're buying his jersey. It's a great story. Everybody remember Jeremy know. Lin? Remember that? that? Yeah. Remember when he came to the Knicks and the Knicks brought him in, and for 10 games he was unstoppable, and Carmelo Anthony, you know, <laughs> Carmelo, uh, Carmelo Anthony was pissed off, taking the limelight. His cards right on this. When they asked him, what do you think of Mike White? He said, listen, I can't control what's happening on the field. I can only control what I'm doing, what I am doing to get healthy. When I'm healthy and I'm ready, then I'll worry about my job. He knows that the job is his. He knows that it's going to come to him again. And by the way, how does everybody like Matt Rule? The fans that said, oh my God, we should have brought Matt Rule in. We even got $9 million from Carolina. He's going to be gone after this year and he can take Robbie Anderson with him. Look, Matt, Matt Rule Matt, might Matt end Rule up being the head coach in Florida because I think Dan Mullen's getting fired. <laughs> Arrow, once again, my man, fire. Loud mouths. Check out the sport, loud mouth. The show is dope. Pimp and Speedy, the guys. You guys, it, it's a really good, it's quality content, right? 100%. Love you guys. Thanks for popping. We love you too, bro. Be Gerald. safe out there. Bro, look, Arrow, Arrow's that guy, man. I love Arrow, man. Part of what it is that I think that, that, that just, just to, to kind of speak to this, this last thing and I'll shut up. It is now becoming a situation. It is almost untenable to have this conversation because either you feel like Mike White is supposed to be the franchise quarterback and Zach is supposed to sit for eight games more during this season, or the expectation is that when Zach is hundred percent, he's the guy. Realistically, the only reason why Mike White is starting against Buffalo is because Zach isn't hundred percent. And the narrative that everyone is kind of kicking out, we don't want to start Zach against Buffalo anyway. We're going to get, you know, we're going to get him killed. No, I, I, I think wish, Zach would I be pissed that, that he's not that. starting against really, Buffalo. But I mean, I look, you know, this, the, the, I, can, the, I can guarantee you he is. But the same, the, the same thing here, it can be said that Mike White can, if he does play well against Buffalo, which is actually going to team me up into our next segment here, which we're going to do rapid fire because we're, we're, we're starting to run short on the clock. Um, it, it is basically the more that Zach Wilson can absorb from watching Mike White, the better of a quarterback he's going to be because now he'll know in yep. the short and intermediate games, not throw the ball at the receiver's feet or not to throw a bullet pass to a, to a, a, a three yard slant where, where the receiver can't handle the pass, get knowledge of those, uh, of those things just by watching Mike White. And then being able to execute them in practice and being able to execute them in a game scenario is going to be the only way that Zach Wilson is going to be able to get that fundamental down, which is, in the end, going to make him a much better quarterback, a much well-rounded quarterback, and then he eventually will come into his own, in which he'll end up being the all-star we want him to be, or we all hope that he can be. All right, let's face it. The New York Jets have been a meat grinder for quarterbacks for the past decade plus. It's got to stop. And hopefully Zach Wilson is the kid that it stops with.
Point blank period, the end. That was the expectation, right? The quarterback grinder the Jets are perceived to be don't come from the quarterback. Or, and really, it doesn't no, it come comes from coaching. From it comes from failed fundamentals. Some of the coaching. And it also came from, from bad front it office It comes deals. from turmoil that has been what the Jets have dealt with for the last 40 years. You have turmoil between coaching and between front offices. And that's not the case. We don't have that turmoil anymore. We also don't have an owner who keeps shoving his hand in the cookie jar. Joe Douglas is running football operations for the New York Jets. Robert Sala is coaching the New York Jets with the team that Joe Douglas puts on the field. And that's the way it should be. That's the way it's run. I want to piggyback off what Jim says by echoing something that he said so ridiculously eloquently earlier that the jets now are being penalized for the sins of the past right part of the difficulty that we're having this season is that everybody's brand new but everybody that is brand new is now being viewed in the same lens as all of the people who are no longer here and no longer here for good reason we need to kind of pull back a little bit on this we need to pump the brakes a little bit the side effect of hunger is making horrible decisions and Jets fans in particular, because we're not we're, we're not really talking about the organization right now. We're not saying Robert Sala, that Mike of, of the NFL. We're not we're not saying that. What we're saying is that Jets fans in particular, and I love you guys sometimes, but you guys are losing your minds, getting on my nerves. I cannot believe that this is a damn thing. I can't wait until it's over. All right, New York Jets offense versus Bills defense. Jimmy, we're going to start with you. We'll circle around to Kevin. Let's do this rapid fire. Go. Jets offense versus Bills defense is going to be a tough test. So this conversation of Mike White versus Zach Wilson may be over come Monday morning anyway. Uh, it's going to be a really tough test. It's going to, and not just for the quarterback position, but we're going to have to see. We need to see what these receivers are going to do against the best safety tandem in the NFL in Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer because those two are nasty yes. and they can lay the hammer when needed intercept the ball when needed <clears throat> they are very intelligent players yes. and that's going to cut a lot of the field away from mike white and the receivers so look for another check down game look for another short intermediate passing game look for run heavy starting probably in the second quarter leading into the second half but that's that's the way i think the jets are going to have to handle this they're going to have to take jordan poyer and micah hyde out of the equation and stick to make them cheat up, and then we can take the head off. Exactly. Errol said something. Mike White came in and balled out against the Bengals, and the Bengals weren't at their best. I went into the Bengals game thinking that we were going to struggle a little bit because I thought that the defense was this, that much better. They really didn't look good um, against us, and they haven't looked good since then either. Mike White is probably going to come in, and he's probably going to he's going to have some struggles. Obviously, I mean, it's not like he's a seasoned veteran who's been balling out. I think it's a ridiculous notion to say that if he does, that he's actually going to get a, a any any much of a, a of an easier task against Miami. Miami balled last night on defense. I don't look all, all of this about you know who's who's supposed to be what going forward. This Buffalo game is probably going to really expose some of these folks, and we're going to see what Jet social media looks like on Monday morning after this game. Because I can almost yes. guarantee you, it's not going to be the same. And 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 the folks that are the folks that are that are just rallying behind Mike White, like you know, already in the Hall of Fame, I think you guys are going to have a crow sandwich real early. Get the hot sauce ready. I think it's coming. All right, guys. Now we'll tee it up. Jets defense versus Bills offense. Jimmy, go. The Jets defense as I've said uh, a, a million times before, is based off of rotation and based off of speed in the in the linebacker role and the defensive secondary role. This defensive line is counted on for pressure, incredibly vital in this type of a defense. They have to contain him. They have to put pressure on him. They have to make him make mistakes. Now, let's not forget that the Jacksonville Jaguars did not beat the Buffalo Bills. The offense just imploded the defense yeah. i mean they the jags scored nine points guys nine nine quinnon has to take all that all that nonsense away all the talk about the buffalo being on a downward trend don't buy it because they can come back with a vengeance at any any particular time they're a damn good football team yeah. so what needs to happen is quinnon sheldon rankins john franklin myers you know bryce huff's on ir but our our defensive line guys have got to step it up 
that has been the strength of what it is that we've been doing. And I think it is an underrated. Our secondary has played the way that it is. Our defensive line probably should have a decent game. It's, it's not as if Buffalo's offensive line has been so fantastic because we have had some of the difficulties that we've had with maintaining contain. We know how dangerous Josh uh, Allen can be when he gets on the move. That That yeah. is going to be a true test for us. And obviously our linebackers have been a serious question mark outside of C.J. Mosley, who I, who again I, is, is, is my favorite Jets player right now. I, and I'm a defensive guy. And our defense, it kind of depends on which one shows up, right? Because we've seen mm-hmm. our defense play at an extremely high level, but we've also seen our defense give up, you know, 500-something yards back-to-back weeks. So um, it, it's going to be difficult. I think it is within our range to be able to come in and play spoiler, especially w- with what it is that we've seen, uh, you know, in Jacksonville just last week. But I, I think this is really – this is a stepping stone game for us because I we, we obviously – Going into the Miami game, I think we're good to kind of show that we can be consistent. But how it is that we finish this game against Buffalo is going to be a really big test. And if our DBs aren't up to the, aren't up to the task, if our linebackers aren't up to the task, it's going to be a really long day. And, and, and the safety situation for us is really dire. If Ashton Davis cannot actually show that he belongs here, I think we're going to really have a difficult time. And uh, this may actually be the last time we, we really discussed Ashton Davis. We talked about the Cincinnati game being a test for the defensive backs yeah. because of T. Higgins, because of Tyler Boyd, because of Jamar Chase. Wow. Stephon Diggs, Cole Beasley, and Gabriel Davis yeah. is just yeah, as lethal a trio. It is going to be tough. I still think that we have an opportunity to really kind of be in the game. And I think, you know, for, for what it's worth, um, the, the team is, is they, they want to rally him out around Mike White at this point in time. And I mean, sure. I, I, I get it. But, uh, you know, if, if again, if the supporting cast doesn't play well, it doesn't matter what Mike White does. Right. All right, guys. One last question before we finish up the segments. Uh, I'm actually going to go in reverse order. Kevin, I'm going to ask you this question. Which New York, New York Jets team actually shows up? You know what? If we can get a mix of the Tennessee defense and the Cincinnati offense, we win the game. Definitely. Jimmy, what are your thoughts? That's just, that, that's my belief. Uh, some along the same lines, um, but as you know, the Jets always seem to show up and be the team hope we can be the games that we're supposed to lose. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of ride that wave and say the Jets can win this game. All right. So real quick before we head up into segments, I just want to drop my two cents worth in. Jets offense versus Bills defense. This is going to be a huge test for Mike White and the offensive machine. Can they keep it going? They're going to have to establish the run game and win the battle in the trenches by any means necessary. You also need to use those short and intermediate routes to disrupt the pitch. So that way you maybe, maybe could open up the vertical off or the vertical passing game later on down the line. But it's going to be it, it it's going to be tough sledding for this Jets offense. This is you're going up against the number one overall defense. Again, huge test, another litmus test um, for Robert Sala and company. It's a question as to whether or not you could actually play competent, competitive football. Jets defense, they need to show up. They need to play. Defensive line cannot have a bad game like they had last week. They cannot allow themselves to be manhandled. Secondary, the linebackers. Linebackers are going to have to play out of their minds. You know, so uh, this is going to have to be... One of those games where the New York Jets play out of their league in order for them to stay competitive in this game, or in my opinion, this could get ugly very quickly. All right, so Kevin, we're going to start off with your segment. Who do we have in the spotlight this evening, my friend? All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, for all of our our, our family in the chat, thank you for rocking with us. I appreciate you. Uh, I'm going to pan over you guys just a little bit to drop the spotlight on Michael Carter and Elijah Moore, right? And, and, and the reason being is because, obviously, we've been, we've been discussing um, what a phenomenon Mike White has been. And I think that what is being missed in the entire context of that conversation is how much better in the situation. I'm not going to say that what Mike White did actually elevated their game. I think what it is that they did elevated his. And that is the, that's the whole idea of what skill position players are supposed to do. The, the whole point behind why it is that Mike White is apparently doing such a great job is because he is decisive in his decision-making and he's getting the ball to the guys who are there to make plays. And if, and especially this week in particular, if Michael Carter can have the type of impact that he had in Cincinnati, if Elijah Moore can have the type of impact that he had in Cincinnati, if 
these guys can continue to build upon what it is that we've seen in both of their games and the reason why they were such highly touted draft picks. I think that that is actually going to be the difference in the entire season going forward. Now, you know, a lot of guys, you may not, you know, you may not respect my opinion or you may not think that I know what I'm talking about in particular, but if you go back and you watch that game, right? The contact balance, the yards after, after initial contact, the yards after the catch, uh, the, 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 the crisp route running, the, the, the open, uh, or, or the level uh, and the amount of, of being open that Elijah Moore is doing and the playmaking ability that he's showing, those are the things that we were talking about were missing early in the season that we hadn't been able to see come to fruition. And now at this point in time, it is a perfect uh, situation for them to kind of step up their game and actually begin to be the, the linchpins of what it is that we do on offense. So in the spotlight this week are going to be those two guys because I believe that if we are able to run the ball, effectively we have a much better shot of beating the buffalo we are able to maybe eke out some 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 you know some some consistent third down production with a guy like elijah moore who who again you know and, and i think it's it's been discussed a few different times isn't just a slot guy the guys had production you know all over the field at this point um if he can continue to build upon that um then i think we actually have a much better chance than than maybe even you know the guys in the media who who make their living off of a low-hanging fruit and bashing us, they're going to have to change their tune and they're going to have to change it quick because I think these guys are really the entire um, reason why we had so much confidence in what Joe Douglas was doing by saying he was building through the draft. Um, and I, I'm sure we'll talk about draft in a little while, but to be perfectly honest with you, these two guys were, you know, outside of Zach Wilson, obviously, and Elijah Baratucker, who's been a beast, even though he's got some questions in his pass protection just recently, those two guys are, are really going to be what it's about. Um, you know, guys, I, I mean, I know there's a lot that we can discuss, but just for the sake of this particular topic, the spotlight's going to be shining on these guys because if they can do what it is that they did against Cincinnati and allow Mike White to actually look at the way that Mike White actually did, I, I think that it is going to be a, you know, a really good question about what we can expect going forward. Uh, what do you think? Am, am I off? Or am, I, am I close? I think you're spot on. And I, and I think what you mentioned earlier with the game plan is the hero here and not necessarily one player or another. I think that has, that's been the key for the surrounding cast as well. The offensive line was struggling with the reads that they had Zach Wilson doing early in the season. And when they shortened those up and they had them, had us looking from a different direction from the inside out and from short to long, uh, the the offensive line really responded well and started, uh, you know, doing a lot better in protection. So I think that's that's part of it. I think Mike LaFleur, it, it may have clicked for him. Now we just need to hope it, it stays clicking for the rest of the squad. Yeah. CJ, what do you think? I think you're spot on in, in, in the spotlight segment. I mean, I think the Jets' success is going to be predicated on, on to whether or not these guys can get started. And – Elijah Vera Tucker on that offensive line is going to have to play the game of his life because you know what? I mean, Connor McGovern has been suspect. Hopefully this week we'll actually get, um, you know, um, uh, Dr. De Laurent or uh, De Mornay Tardif. Okay. Yeah, and, I, and, and when I said a couple of weeks ago that I was hoping that we picked him up, um, it's Dude, not gonna, good it's call. Not, it's not going to be for this game. It is going to be for going forward. This game, I think, I, you know, I, I think we kind of got to run with Van Roten. I'm not sure if, if – if uh, if the doc has had an opportunity to kind of immerse himself as much as we need, this is not a game where we can have a guy trying to build chemistry. Right. Um, over the course of these next couple of weeks, we should probably see him step in. Kansas City runs a wide zone offense as well, so I mean, it's not it's not that it's a different kind of package than he's used to. No, I so I think he guys. could step in. Yeah, well, yeah, I hope so. Hopefully we'll be able to talk about the draft because uh, Jimmy dropped some draft picks <laughs> on Twitter the other day. And I'm just like, this guy don't miss. Man, come on, man. He's, he's a, well, he's we're going to talk star, about draft on, like uh, on uh, <laughs> After Dark. So uh, because a lot more time. Jimmy Jardine, it is your turn mm -hmm. to take us into the front, front office, office, my friend. Who do we got? Got my popcorn <laughs> ready. Got my popcorn ready. Let's go. In the front office, I've noticed – a couple articles, actually, and, and I'm really surprised. I, I guess I shouldn't be surprised. I mean, we remember uh, an NFL network analyst that was blaming the four, the Buffalo Bills' fourth and one debacle. They were he, This guy was blaming it against the one against Tennessee. He was blaming it on Taylor Lewan not being in 
for Buffalo at left tackle. That guy's a moron. And so I guess I shouldn't be surprised when some of these analysts are wrong. But one of the things that we need to look at, I'm actually putting Mike White in the front office for this one. And this is going to be a description of what we have moving forward for next year. There are four tiers of restricted free agency. Mike White doesn't factor into the first two tiers because those are more like your first round draft types. Mike White falls in the third or the fourth tier. It's a decision that that the Jets would have to make. Now, tier three is what Mike White fits best into. And that is original round restricted free agency. Now, what that means is Mike White would be paid by the New York Jets $2.33 million or 10% of his previous year's salary. So at 850K, I'm not going to do the math, but but it, it kind of is what it is, right? So Mike White can negotiate with whoever he wants, but the Jets have right to first refusal on all of those contracts. But if the if Mike White, if the Jets decide that they're not wanting to match whatever offer Mike White gets, the Jets would then receive a compensatory pick from that team in the round that Mike White was drafted in, which would be a fifth round pick. I like that. I think that's a good option should it end up going that way. The tier four is the right to first refusal restricted restricted free agency. Now, this is what these guys have been getting mixed up. They're actually blending. Some of these articles that I've read are actually blending the two. They're blending the tier three and tier four. So they're trying to say that the Jets would have a right of first refusal, which is technically an aspect of tier three, but they're calling it the right of first refusal type of restricted free agency. And that's just incorrect. If the Jets decide not to match whatever offer, the Jets have the right to counter and Mike White can either take it or he can leave it. But the problem with tier four is you'd get no compensatory pick if Mike White leaves the team. So obviously I think the Jets will end up going with a tier three rather than tier four. And I was just, I, I just noticed a lot of confusion on that with, with, uh, some of the articles and some of the comments and stuff on Facebook yeah. and Twitter. So I just wanted to clear that up. I hope that helped. This is the type of commentary that we need. This again is, is, is why this is one of my favorite segments of any show that anyone does in particular, because it does give that insight and it does, you know, kind of clarify some of the, the questions that folks might have. This is a perfect point when it comes to Mike White in particular, because what it is that everybody seems to forget is that we, if, if Mike, wide proves himself to be a competent backup why would we want him to go like i mean if somebody calls us and says oh yeah give us you know a, a ridiculous draft pick form yeah but mike white has demonstrated if nothing else that he is the type of guy that if zach does go down he can come in and he can win a game and not only can he win a game he can win a game against a team that we may not have really been you know kind of you know expected to win right mike so, vick I mean, and matt schaub Look, you mentioned it last look, week. You certainly did, and, and and it was a phenomenal point then. It's a phenomenal point now. Look, I I, I and I would say this even even to, to to this point when you said earlier that we need to make this this thirty million thirty five million dollar decision when it comes to Zach, um, that is a point. But I wouldn't be mad if we spent forty five million on on our quarterback room because we sure. ended up having to pay a little bit to Mike White to keep Mike White in the fold here when we know that he's capable of doing what it is that he did last week when Zach is at the level that we expect Zach to get to. Some of these people who have had all these hot takes, how Mike White should actually be the guy going forward. And, oh, yeah, we need to see if he's, yeah, why? Why do we need to see that? Look, I, I said this earlier, and, and, and this, is, I, this is going to be my take on this. Zach Wilson is 100% the guy. Point blank, period, the end. No questions. I don't care. Every snap that he misses after being ruled at 100% and, and, and being you know, given that green light to go, it's all a waste. If, 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 if Zach is not playing and, and, and giving Mike White a couple of games to determine if he's the guy, if he goes out there and he's a, he, he you know, puts up a sticker or whatever, that was a game that we could have actually watched Zach Wilson actually work it out and, and, and do what it is that we were expecting to see him do. And that's develop and get better. It, 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 it's, it's a ridiculous argument, but phenomenal points about the compensation, phenomenal points about the tiers and, 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 and what the expectation is for Mike White going forward. CJ, what do you think, man? Yeah, I completely agree. I don't see Mike White going anywhere. I think the Jets resigned him because, again, he's making a case to be the long-term solution for backup quarterback behind Zach Wilson. And what better to have 
two quarterbacks that you know that can properly X and run the machine, and if, God forbid, one goes down, you can plug and play somebody else in, and the machine continues to roll. And again, you know, I would like to see the New York Jets kind of take a page out of old Jacksonville Jaguars history when they had both uh, um, Byron Leftwich and David Garrard, uh, where, where both were very competent, mm-hmm. very mobile, very efficient quarterbacks that were able to operate their offenses. Granted, they did not have the wins to show for it because of lack of defense, but they did have an offensive machine, which gave a lot of people fits at times. So, you know, if the New York Jets can slowly but surely become one of those teams that we we may not be where we want to be, but we're definitely going to give you a fight, and we're definitely going to put points on the board where the offense no longer becomes a problem, where it becomes a consistency where this team continues to put points on the board, where more so we can turn our attention to the defense and fix the issues that we have on defense or special teams, etc. But, again, I know I'm thinking long-term, but I don't see Mike White going anywhere. Plain and simple. And I'm not opposed to throwing in 3 million, 3.5, maybe even like uh, call it a $6 million deal for two years. Yeah. I just think that they're – I think that, that – Zach Wilson and Mike White have a really close, really good relationship. I think they like each other. I think they like the team. I think they like the system. And it's not a bad thing to be – I mean, he's still an NFL backup quarterback, and he still can win games. Like, it's not – it's not bad. Everybody like loves not- everybody loves the backup, right? And and this team in particular, the the Mike can wait, man. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I look. I think this is a perfect situation for both of them. But as we start to see the roles kind of develop the way that you know we expect them to, I'm not there, mad at Mike White being here, man. I'm just there. I, there will come, and I, I don't mean to interrupt no, you, Kev. Uh, there will come a time when we see Zach extend the gap. And White isn't any less of a quarterback because of that. And, hey, maybe some team does want to take a shot down the road. And in which case I could say I'm confident enough in Zach's ability to start this team. Now let's get another backup that we don't have to pay $5 million to. Let let Mike White go prove himself on a team. Let him succeed. I'd be happy if he succeeded somewhere. And let's bring another quarterback in that can learn from Zach and, and that can start to do that type of job. Or we can recognize that even though Josh Johnson is a million years old, he can still <laughs> come in and be effective in this offense sure. as well. I, 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 I was just, talking more three, yeah, four years down the road. Well, I, I, I get that too. And, and just realistically, we might even draft a kid, you know what I'm saying? Sure. Of course, in the yeah. few seasons that, that might end up, you know, kind of fulfilling that role. But if, if I'm just talking about short term, the the downplaying of what Josh Johnson did in this offense is one of the things I think that's pissed me off the most over the course of this past you know kind of week. Realistically, what it is that we saw from him also, and 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 just and just it, it, a microcosm of this, right? When he threw that interception at the end of the game, he that wasn't was his fault. Livid. Yeah, he's throwing his helmet. He's pissed. He's mad because I and, and look, he was in the zone. He knew it. He was in the zone. He knew it. He was we, he was playing he was playing good ball. And again, like I said, two minutes. And who knows if we got two more minutes in that game? Who knows if John Johnson is able to kind of make a case for himself actually being a guy that can win games when when, mm-hmm. when the starter goes down? I I, I just I, I I'm, I'm forty two so, to ten. Forty two to ten going into the fourth quarter, and the third string quarterback brings it back to forty five thirty. Yeah. Come on, come on, man. Again. And they're like, oh, yeah, it, it's his fault. It was 42-10? No. Right. No. That was the defense. It's a trash panda defense. Yeah. Of o- o- offense offense doesn't, doesn't score. I mean, defense, uh, you know, offense doesn't, doesn't you know, stop the, 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 the you know, the, the offense. Or the, their defense actually was – our defense, excuse me, is, is, is why we ended up looking the way that we did in that case. But yeah. we just need to be better as a, as a fan base in, in, in an entirety. We, we kind of need – All right. So really quick, I want to get this comment on the air, and then we're going to get out of here as we're running a little bit long here. Uh, Shout out to Thomas Gutman. Guys, to be perfectly honest, after a Jets loss, I don't speak on social media for days because they look horrible when they lose. I mean, just terrible. That's what shuts me up. I want to thank you all for your optimism, though. Weapons Hot always gets me fired back up. Tommy, we appreciate you. Thank you so much Much for the the comments. We love you. Beyond belief, my friend. Thank you. Thanks Thank you again. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for tonight's episode of Weapons Hot, a New York Jets fan broadcast here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. One more shameless plug. 
for Alexis Gepner as we're running long, and at this point, I really don't care. So, shout out to Miss Alexis Gepner and the HoustonJetFans.com people down there. They are throwing a tremendous tailgate at NRG Stadium when the New York Jets come to town to take on the Houston Texans. Go to the following website, which you see right here on the banner. Okay, tailgate's going to be in the blue lot. They are going to have an awesome amount of food down there. Jets-inspired cocktails. It is going to be one hell of a spread. Let's go and make NRG Stadium green and white and absolutely just make the Houston Texans day, at least for one day, absolutely miserable. So, details are right down here. If you have any questions, please reach out to Ms. Alexis Gepner on Facebook, and she will answer any concerns that you may have. So, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it again. Full Weapons Hot. Here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network, you can follow the show on Twitter at CNC Jets Factor. Follow me at JetsFan0523, my partners in crime here. Mr. Kevin Jackson at Spotty Blackman. Jimmy the Reaper Jardine at Jets by Jimmy. Of course, don't forget to check out our Facebook page. Our content is up there. Hit that like button. Message us or message you right back. We love going back and forth with people about this team. Also, leave us some feedback about how we're doing here on Weapons Hot. If you think we're doing a great job, by all means, leave us a comment. If you think we suck and we know nothing about football and our show is trash, by all means, leave us a comment here. We will definitely roll with the trolls and go back and forth with those people that just can't figure it out for themselves. We will prove you wrong. And of course, the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Shout out to them. Download the app. If you have an Android phone, go to Google Play. If you have an Apple, go to the iOS store, search up WWSRN. They also have a Facebook page. Be sure to go and like and subscribe and also hit the little notification bell every time any show, not just ours, but any show from the Worldwide Sports Radio Network that goes live, you'll get a notification. Great shows that they have over there. We had Mr. Harold Marks on tonight from the Sports Loudmouths. Of course, we have Mr. Ryan Hickey from the Ryan Hickey Show and a tremendous amount of other shows up there, including the Wise Guys Off the Mat, which actually takes place before our show, and they lead into us on Friday nights now. Shout out to Joshua Silverberg and crew over there. He's a huge Jets fan as well. Give him a follow and a like. That's pretty much it. I think I covered it all. I don't know what else I need to cover. Other than the fact we got After Dark coming on between 9.15 and 9.30 on YouTube. We got special guests. Brian Snow, the snowman, joining us. It's going to be awesome. We might even have an appearance from Mr. Blake McLaughlin, who may decide to drop in into into the feed and drop some knowledge. And don't forget, if you aren't signed in, Tommy Gutman, I'm looking at you. Create a YouTube account and go on in and comment onto the feeds. Ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it. For Jimmy the Reaper Jardine, Mr. Kevin Spotty Blackman Jackson, I am CJ the Painkiller D. Simone, and we are signing off tonight. We will see you guys when we see you guys. Peace, love, go Jets. And hopefully we have some real, real interesting things to talk about in regards to the Buffalo Bills game. Peace out. You're you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.